Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Before we get started, this week's episode is going to be talking all about content, all about really how to shift that for yourself. But the reason why all of us entrepreneurs create content or why we do basically anything in our business is to help more people and make more money. And that's exactly what we'll be going into inside of the Effortless Launch Accelerator VIP. So if you're wanting to learn more about if you're someone who has been struggling with how to create a cash injection into your business, wondering how to have better conversion rates for you without worrying about, oh, do I need a big following or is this my first time trying? It's not going to work. This is going to be the exact place you need to be. So make sure to go to danielleclem.com slash VIP to get in before doors close. So I'll see you in, in there and let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, today we have on Taylor Lee, who is a business mentor who helps her clients scale to multiple six figures, combining mindset, marketing, and showing up on social authentically as themselves. I'm so excited for her to be on here. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Thank you. I'm so excited. I am as well. And for those who don't know, Taylor and I worked together actually earlier this year. And I think what's going to be really amazing for a lot of you who are on here is that she really takes this type of business interaction really more towards the alignment piece, not so much about the hustle and the work harder type of mindset. So I think it's going to play really well for those who are on here who are like wanting to learn all the tactics, but also don't have the mindset piece to go along with it. Yes, exactly. Like combining both. Yes, exactly. So before we get into all that kind of juicy stuff, I want to begin this show with a bit of your journey to kind of like where you're at today and end with what I call your zone of genius topics or takes that can really help benefit our listeners. So can you tell me a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to going down this path? Yes. So <laughs> um when I was, I mean, I guess this would have been, gosh, 2014, but when I was in college, I basically stumbled across a video about making money online, <laughs> and I feel like it was one of those, like, God things. That's why I always said I was, like, led to be in this world and do this work, mm -hmm. but on that video, it was not coaching, but freelancing, and I know... Danielle, you and I kind of have this in common. I started out doing like done for you services mm -hmm. and I did that for about a year and a half. And towards the end of that, I felt like I taught myself everything. Like I took on clients. I was just like, yeah, I know how to do that. And then I would like learn how to do it. <laughs> and sometimes mm -hmm. I'd have to pay to learn how to do it. Sometimes I could Google it. Um, but I, after that year and a half, I'd worked with so many people, taught myself like every, every program, every strategy, like all sorts of stuff. And was just blessed with these amazing clients as well that taught me a lot. But then I ended up having a couple coaches hire me 
Um, I never heard of coaching. I never heard of this world. And I started figuring out about coaching and the Facebook groups that they were in and all this stuff. And it just really clicked like, I should be doing this. <laughs> I should be coaching, you know? And it was just such perfect, perfect timing because at the same time, my done for you clients were asking to get on the phone with me and, and ask me questions and strategize with me, which I had no clue was like a job that you could charge for. I thought it was just like, okay, sure. I can hop on a quick call with you, you know? Um, so then I started coaching and I mean, now fast forward a few years and here we are <laughs> and it's been such a journey and I'm glad we're going to talk about marketing and content, but also money and alignment as well. But it's just, I feel like the coaching journey for me has been like so much about like discovering myself and evolving as a human. <laughs> and maybe that's because I started when I was really young as well. But yeah, I mean, it's just been such a journey ever since starting to coach. And I think that, like you said, that's such a common thing to have. Because even for someone like me, who's obviously gone in and out of doing coaching for people, doing um, done for you ads for people back and forth. I've noticed, especially as a coach, because you are somewhat of like a mentor of sorts, because you are, um, you really have to take your mindset and your personal development as a full-time job because it's what people are kind of paying you for. Like obviously they're paying you for your expertise, but they're paying you for what you already overcame. So it's so true for you, especially that when it comes to helping the people with their own mindset, with their own marketing, you have to be at a certain point, not, not like crazy far ahead, but at least farther ahead in the space of, you know, how to help them and guide them to where they want to go. And that's what I think is so interesting about coaching, but even more so is transitioning to coaching from like done for you, because even though essentially, yes, you're still a personal brand, the way you show up and the way that you speak about yourself and the kind of like what you do is kind of different. So I'd love to hear from you, especially for those who are out here, because I think I've heard a lot of people recently who are like wanting to transition to go into coaching and so forth. Mm -hmm. What was for you, do you find was the hardest piece about not only transitioning, but the mindset around going from, okay, I'm going to not have people pay me for what I do for like the implementation, but more for just my strategy and who I am. Because I think that's a really big piece that a lot of people struggle with when they are going back and forth from those two things. Oh my gosh, such a good question. And everything you just said was like so spot on, of course, because you've, you've gone through it and you've, <laughs> you've done both sides of it mm -hmm. and both at the same time, both at different times. So you get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <Yep>. but, um, <laughs> it is tough because I found, and now I, I really wanted to get fully out of doing the services and totally into coaching. And I found that what was really hard was with coaching or being a mentor or honestly, probably even with, I found this with my own courses as well, like teaching and giving tips and like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I had to go through this big transition where like why people were hiring me for services was because like, I was really smart, mm -hmm. you know, and I knew a lot and I could get the job done. And so when I went to coaching, I kind of went with the same approach and I was just talking about like, Instagram tips and Facebook mm -hmm. tips and just any type of tip. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I kept getting a lot of people reaching out and commenting and messaging like, Oh my God, you're a genius. Oh my gosh. I can't get enough of your content. Uh, even people sending other people to me, but more like, you've got to follow this girl. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. And then when it came like to hire me, <laughs> it wasn't happening. <laughs> um, and then when I found 
like coaching really clicked and my programs were filling and I was bringing on more than one client a month, <laughs> if that, um, I really started embracing my story and it was like, that was right when I started getting really vulnerable. Um, I'm pretty sure like you've heard this story, but with my age, right. Cause when mm. I was coaching, I was 20 years old. So that was an insecurity and that's nothing that I would typically have shared, but I started sharing about my age and my journey and ups and downs and my business journey. And that is when people were like, Oh my gosh, I see myself in you. I like, that is so inspiring. That shows me what's possible for me. I had people like that shows me how much time I've wasted. Like, cause I had people suddenly hiring me who are 18 years old mm. and who were almost 50 years old. <laughs> like, so that was really the game changer for me between selling services and selling like mentorship coaching type packages. Yeah. That's a big thing to notice too. And that's something that I noticed as well was that even when it, because I still do some done for you stuff because I love some of my clients, honestly, and I still have some spots. But what I found was interesting when I was going from coaching to done for you to back to whatever, like just depends on my mood, honestly, on like what I'm going to offer. Um, but what I found was really interesting, even for done for you stuff, is the more amount of tips that you give does not always equate to people actually buying from you. And that was a huge, like, thing that I had to realize and you said as well is that giving tips no matter if you're trying to have someone hire you as a copywriter or as a coach or whatever it is they you're giving them kind of you know a taste of your expertise but the thing is that's not actually going to get them to pay you because that's giving them obviously kind of like a free taste but in a way that's not actually moving them to the next step getting them warm about your services actually making them question like oh, she's really someone I'd want to work with versus she's just a wealth of knowledge. You don't want to be an encyclopedia of sorts. And I think that's what you teach really well is going into more of your story and how you are unique. And even as someone for myself who does even ads for people, I've stepped away even from giving more strategy than tips. So like, for example, going more higher level versus going like actionable steps for like free content, because even for myself on this podcast, you know, people listen to it every week, but I don't expect them. And trust me, because I've been an avid listener of tons of podcasts <laughs> that even the ones that are the most juicy, the most information packed, most people don't do anything about it because they don't have skin in the game. So that was something that I had to realize for myself. And I think you did as well is around knowing that, yes, you know, giving tips and giving these type of things are amazing and like can help, but it's not really going to move the needle for getting you actual clients. Exactly. Exactly. That's, it's just so true. And it kind of sucks sometimes too, because I think it's honestly easier sometimes to write tips. It's like, <laughs> just write a quick three tips to whatever it is. And sure, it is easier, but that doesn't mean it's going to equate to client attraction. And that's actually a great next step for you. Because for those who don't know, one of like the biggest pieces I think about your brand is this like easy client attraction piece. Like you really help your clients to find their perfect people and be able to speak about it like in their copy. So I'd love to hear from you. What has been the evolution from going from obviously people who paid you 
minimal amounts of money to people who are paying you, you know, 10,000 plus and so forth for you. How did not only your strategy shift for that, but your mindset, because I think that's a huge piece for a lot of people going from even like a thousand dollars a month, 2000 or 1500 to 2000 or 2000 to 5,000. Like I think there's usually I've noticed price blocks every jump you go. So I'd love to hear how your evolution came with that and also what you find really helps break out of those pieces. Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. It already has me like flashbacking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, the first thing that came to mind is, um, this is so good. When I was doing services towards the end, especially it was like, I knew coaching was coming or I was at least debating it. I knew higher level services were at least coming. Mm -hmm. And I started looking for clients who were kind of going to do me a favor. Like, I think you're going to get what I mean. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, that feeling where it's like, if, oh my gosh, if I work for this person and then they shouted me out or their name behind me and like, you're giving the power all to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my la- my very, very, very last done for you client ever was a really big name at the time. I don't even think she really exists anymore. So it's just <laughs> how this works, but she's a really big name in the industry. She had tens of thousands of followers, hundreds of people in her courses, the stuff I was dying to have. And when she reached out, I had just committed to no more done for you clients, but I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? if this, if I had this person's name behind me, like that would be a game changer. Like she's doing me a favor hiring me. So I took it on and I got totally scammed (laughs) and she took all the money back with a PayPal dispute. And then turns out she had done it to a bunch of other people. But, um, my main point of the story is that I finally clicked when that happened. Like, you know what? The industry needs more people like me because I would never do that. (laughs) Um, But also I started, I, I mean, I don't think that's what shifted the mindset, but that is where I was at. And then where I've gotten to along the way is realizing how powerful my work is. And I know that's hard because even with what I charge now, I pay my coach $500 more a month than what my clients pay me. And my coach makes four times as much as me. So it's like, there, I even have moments where it's like, why would anyone hire me? Like, go hire her. Like, you know, yeah. but I know now how powerful my work is and that there are people who resonate with me who would never resonate with my coach at all because we're just different people and any other coach I would want to compare myself to. And I've also learned just through having coaching clients that and I just said this on my story before this podcast. So love how that happens too, Mm -hmm. that, um, I know like with every client I have, some get faster results, bigger results, whatever, but I know every one of them a year after working with me, will be able to say like, I still think of that one thing you told me, or I still use that thing you told me every day. Or like, even if it's just one small piece, I can remind myself how valuable that is. And I don't feel like any of my clients are doing me a favor, (laughs) hiring me. Like I took the power back. And, um, it's more of an equal exchange, but I just believe in my work so much more. Do you know what I mean? I do. And that's a huge piece that you mentioned, because that's something that I noticed actually recently around, you know, people who work with you. I mean, a lot of my clients, especially if we're done for you, because I'm doing the work for them, like they're getting great results for sure. But for those who are more coaching wise, where it's a lot more around strategy, yes, but also, you know, going over 
more of higher level things because like obviously for coaching yes you can go in actionable steps and yes we can do to-dos and so forth but usually the inner work really matters the most or even more so like creating like a most aligned offer getting behind that offer these type of things that can pop up and something that I notice is really crazy is that with coaching specifically or even with content like this is you never know what's going to resonate with people at any point in time because I had someone who actually this weekend um, did a whole post about one quote that I mentioned in my podcast a year and a half ago and I was like <laughs> people listen that far back <laughs> that was my first question and the second one was like wow that is so crazy like because yeah. we, always, we always hear the content and like what we teach is evergreen but to see it in action really helps solidify that piece of like, oh, wow, what I just said or what I teach really ripples in effect so much more so. And I think that's a huge piece that you possibly notice as well, is that your content or even like guest trainings that you go on or podcasts like this is, yes, you're probably going to get a fun spike in the first day or two that it goes out. But it's living on forever and you never know who's going to pop up on it or get some value and then come to you after that. So I thought that was a really interesting note that I noticed even for my clients or even listeners here that you really don't know what's going to resonate with someone at a, and at what point in their journey or what point in even your journey is going to happen too. It's so, so true. And I was just thinking about this and teaching this in my course module today where um, everybody takes different amounts of time to buy as well. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, there are people for sure. Like you said, I've had that happen too, where it's like, they somehow listened to a podcast of yours from a year and a half ago, or for me, it'll be like, they just binged a year worth of my live streams. <laughs> yep. And then you have that little thought like, Oh God, what else did I say? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the other thing too, is like, some people will follow you for so long and you don't even realize it, you know? Mm -hmm. And some people meet you and two days later, they're like, I've got to work with you. And then some people sign on, you've never even seen their name before. And they're like, I've been following you for a year and a half. It's just, yeah. you got like, it's so important too. Like we forget, we put out a post. It doesn't do well. We do a live stream. It got less viewers. Like we just move on and on and on, but you never know. Like that live stream that got less viewers could have been this just literally just happened to me. I just had someone sign up for my master and, she, and then she's like, you know, what really did it for me was that live stream where you were at the park by the lake. And then she said some other stuff. But when I did that live stream, it was on Sunday. I never go live on Sunday, but I felt really called to, and I had, you know, when you end it and you can see how many views you had, mm -hmm. I had 24 views, which for me is like really, 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 really low. Yeah. And I was like, see, I don't do live streams on Sunday. I shouldn't have done it, but it didn't matter. <laughs> True. This person's like, that's what did it for me. I'm like, oh my gosh. So yeah, we make up funny stories about it, but our content is really powerful. This is, oh, I have so many good questions from this, but I want to go into two mainly. The first one is going to be around, for someone who doesn't know who Taylor is, she has like a plethora of exercises, tips, journal prompts, anything to really help you kind of guide your way through. Like let's, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think what'd be really helpful for listeners is especially around this piece around getting behind your work or even more so is getting behind the prices that you charge, whether it be for done for you or for coaching. What do you find is like the number one type of exercise or journal prompt that you give clients or audience members to help them out in that place? Yeah. I mean, I have two things that I, I want to say here. The first, the two kind of journal prompts you can look at are if the issue is 
I'll say this one because it's the easiest one. <laughs> if it's the issue of like, how could people afford this or pay this? I know people who they genuinely love working with people who are new in business, or they mm -hmm. genuinely love working with people who aren't in business. And I was like, there's no way my people could like afford that, you know, but you would be surprised. And even the business I'm in where a lot of my clients come to me making good money, um, I would go as far as to say most of my private clients pay for my coaching with something outside of their income, you know? Mm -hmm. So one, one thing I challenge all of my students to do and unleash is make a list of 50, five, zero, yes, <laughs> ways that somebody could have, whatever your price point is, price point is $5,000. Like what are 50 ways somebody could have $5,000 to spend? And like anything from, um, they have $5,000 in open credit to they inherited $5,000 last summer <laughs> or like mm -hmm. they are just a responsible person and have saved $5,000 over the past X amount of years. Like there's so many ways I've had clients sign up with me. Like it's crazy. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But the other thing with the value of your work uh, is I would really look at everything that you can think of. Like what is the real ROI of my program? And at least try to fill up a page with that. Like, like I said, like the ROI of my program is so much, so far beyond the just like money they make when they work with me. And honestly, that's like the smallest part and the least concerning to me. Um, like it's the fact that they learn these little easy tips or easy like tricks that they use every day for years to come, or that there's that those couple big mindset shifts that stick with them for years to come. It's the fact mm -hmm. that whether they make the 10 K month when they work with me during the program or not, I know I'm teaching them what it takes to make that. And if they can go on and use that for whenever it kicks in, but for years to come, I mean, that's a huge financial ROI, but I know a lot of people might not have a financial ROI either. And that's okay. Like think of every little thing that your people are gaining from your work together and then really look at it because it will surprise you, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really great exercise to do. And I forget about it sometimes just because I forget. <laughs> and then whenever I do it, I'll realize, oh, wow, this is crazy. Because even for myself or let's even go with the done for you ads for, for a second. Like, obviously, yes, you'll get more leads. Obviously, yes, I'll get you like some conversions. But if I'm able to expand it outside and say, oh, well, they're also getting their time back. So they're not having to be stuck in like creating graphics, creating copy, doing this thing. They're able to actually have more dates with their husband or be able to take their kids on a play dates or these type of things that sure aren't like directly correlated in the literal sense, but they are an effect of what happens when you do this service or when you take this offer. I love that you said that because even with business coaches or anyone that kind of falls under that umbrella, mm -hmm. um, I love that because even me, it's like more important than the money is the time and what I would call emotional freedom, you know, like just yeah. feeling happy, satisfied, fulfilled, whatever, having people in your life that you love. But time too, like just a reminder to everybody, like time is something we don't get back. Like even this beautiful time I get to spend with Danielle, like we're choosing to spend it with each other. We're not going to get these 45 minutes back. <laughs> um, but like any time I give my clients back, even if they work one less hour a day or one more day off a week, maybe they're still working six days a week, but they were working seven. Like that's yeah. a full day with people they love that they get back. You know, that's like so precious and important. 
It is. And that's a huge piece that even I noticed for myself as someone who, I mean, for those who don't know my story, um, you know, my mom and stepmom passed away before I was 17. So the idea of the ingrained idea around that time is limited has always been a huge mm. thing in my life. And I love you say that because it's true. I think a lot of us get stuck because especially if you're at a certain like monthly um, income in your business, obviously money feels like the first thing to go towards. It's like, I need to make 10K and hit this month or I need to get to this because it's the easiest thing to look at versus going more internal or even seeing more as like a holistic um, perspective. Because even for me, you know, something that I'm having to work on is not having just business goals. Like also thinking about, okay, I need to you know, have like more consistent workout schedule and eating and like these things that yes, sure, you know, technically aren't business, but there's something that I need to do or even like picking up a new hobby, you know, something like that. We need to like really add in for ourselves and find the things that actually are serving us that we want to do versus what we think we need to do, which is the perfect going transition to the question that I had, which was, we talked a little bit about your live stream and how you had a little low views. But the thing that I want to talk more about is for those who don't know, Taylor had a pretty significant Facebook group for a while. I think there was, mm-hmm. I don't know, two or 3000 fit members in there for the last part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she made the conscious choice of closing it. So right now she has her Instagram and uh, Facebook business page as her two main ones and obviously her website and stuff. But I would love for you to talk about your decision for that. But even more so is when people ask you, because I know this is a question you get asked a lot is, should I create this Facebook group or should I, you know, cancel it, whatever their answer is around this. What do you find is the easiest way to help guide them between, is this right for them? Like, is this Facebook group right for this person or this business model versus are you doing this just because it's a should or you think you need to? Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly it though. It's like, why are you wanting to open this group? Because anytime it's coming from like, well, that's what so-and-so does, or that's what so-and-so says is the best way or Because think about, we're all guilty of it. Like, I know we've all seen a random post from somebody that we aren't even like invested in, Mm -hmm. like give their opinion on a platform and then take it into consideration. If not take action on it, but like, let it like pause our whole day and us start like mini or actually freaking out about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) like we've all had that moment. Like, are they right? Should I get rid of my group? Should I have a group? Like, (laughs) but um and you know I'll I'll be the first to admit like I was so guilty of this type of stuff where it's like I've just been so willing to do whatever it takes um to get to my next level of success for a long time that I've totally done things just because so-and-so said it was like the right thing to do you know Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is is that's not why I started the group that I had actually I start I actually had a group before that that was even bigger And I didn't even start that group for a bad reason. I started all my groups for great reasons, but then over time they became just not priority. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing I I teach is like, honestly, the reason I got rid of my group was because I started a podcast and it's not that you can only do one or the other. It was just like, okay, I genuinely right now want a podcast, not because that's a successful thing. In fact, I knew I didn't really know what I was doing. I knew it's not the easiest thing to build, you know, (laughs) like that's pretty obvious, 
but it was like, I genuinely wanted a podcast and I knew it was going to take effort. And even me with resources to hire a team and I could hire three more assistants right now, it takes time to train a team and find experts and stuff like that. So I said, I want to do a podcast and I want to master it. And if I look at everything else I have, my Instagram, and my business page right now, for whatever reason, feel like where my energy should go. So I closed the group. Yeah. I didn't have the space for it, you know? That makes complete sense. And that's a really interesting piece is like having that container space, whatever that is for you, but not having to control your life or making it feel like it has to be a should or whatever it needs to be. Because that's something I found for myself for Facebook groups is that I had one for a bit and I got up to an okay size. Like it wasn't anything I was shouting out about, but it, it had a good size. And I closed it mainly because it wasn't feeling right to me. I didn't want to have to consistently stay engaged like yes I'm an introvert who also likes to talk but to be have to make it feel more like an obligation I knew it was time to close it and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is like that piece of okay should I go into this should I close it you know I built this all up I put all my like you know time sweat and tears into it or should I keep it going because you know it technically should help me and it kind of does help but not fully that kind of thing yeah and I think there's this concept, I think it's like an old business concept. I don't know, but like, we don't, we don't want to leave money on the table, you know? And I'm sure I could still be making money from my group. But the thing is, is that one thing I learned early on from my, one of my very first mentors, Melissa Farr, um, probably like (laughs) a one, one thousandth of what she said in the entire program. But the thing that stuck with me was master the things that you're doing. And it's not about doing everything. It's about doing the things that you do well, you know? And I always love to give her credit. And I teach this to all my, my students, my clients. It's like, you don't have to be doing everything. Like let's master writing posts. <laughs> yeah. Let's master getting whatever platform you want working really well and being a great community because you can, anything that people love about Facebook groups, you can apply it to any other platform too. Like, and same thing. Some people don't want an Instagram. That's totally fine. So. Yeah. I mean, that's something I really challenge myself to actually follow is, um, do less, but master it, do it well. I love that. And that kind of goes in great to the last two questions before we move on to the rapid fire round, which is the first one I think pairs really well into this is from obviously your journey of going back and forth between, um, not only like being a coach, but also like you said, the, the marketing modalities there are and so forth. What do you find is a consistent theme for yourself and for your clients that, are either tactics or strategies or things that you hear so many people say that people need to do, but you know for yourself and for your clients that just like either doesn't work or it's not going to help you get clients. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think personal outreach is a big one. Mm. Um, And like, I just would group it all together, like personal outreach and like what I would consider like extreme follow-up mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are not necessary. And what I always say is if you love having conversations and you're the person that would go to a cafe, sit there all day and just bounce table to table and chat with strangers, like maybe that is the strategy for you, but that's not me, you know? Um, so for me, like I just cut out pretty much any personal outreach. And for follow-up, I have like a one-time follow-up rule I do. And I find that that's what keeps me like 
in my power and feeling really good. So I think that's a huge misconception. And um, in terms of another one, I think funnels is a big one. <laughs> and I like, don't want to say that because I know you and I both love funnels, but the thing <laughs> yeah. is, is that gosh, people jump into it so quick and take it so serious and like mm -hmm. bet every ounce of their success on it. <laughs> and they do. I have a funnel and I love it. I have an evergreen webinar, like a fancy schmancy funnel. I hired someone to put together for me and it actually works. But I see so many people like invest all this money and time in building a like really fancy funnel. But then if you were to ask them who their ideal client is, they would like stutter. Like they don't, they're not really sure. You know what I mean? So I just yeah. think like start making money on social media with like posts and stuff. Um, or just a simple funnel. Cause that's what I had in the beginning, a really basic funnel. Um, and you're good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> drop my water bottle. I was wondering like, that might be your mic or your water bottle. I can't tell. <laughs> oh man. But no, I, I agree with that. And I mean, you literally dropped, well, you dropped the water bottle. Which is <laughs> I almost dropped the mic, dropped the mic there. You almost <laughs> dropped the mic on that knowledge. But no, I love that. And that's such a huge piece too that I think is key is that, you know, we go into these areas. And like you said, both you and I love funnels. We have nothing against them. But especially for those who are even, not even new, but those who aren't clear on their ideal client and even clearer on where their client is on like the buyer's journey path or on their own like customer path, it's really hard to make a funnel work well for you. And that was actually the last question I had for you around, obviously for people who are coaches, you know, usually not always, but usually the offer ascension goes from like one-to-one, -one, then they go into more group stuff once they have like one-to-ones filled and then they go into courses, but obviously everyone kind of flows between whatever works well for them. But mm -hmm. what do you find when you work with your clients specifically, especially for those who are, let's say six figures or lower, what is your usual response when they say, okay, you know, I've kind of jumped back and forth one-to-ones. I don't really have them filled up. I don't really have anything that's really full yet, but I'm kind of thinking about a course. What's your normal response or how do you kind of walk them through that? Because I could almost guarantee not every single person listening to this, but a good amount of them have probably thought that where it's like, you know, I have a couple people, but they're not fully, I don't have it fully sold out and I don't have this one sold out. So how about I try a course instead? Or how about I try and make this one grow? <laughs> What's your response to them? Yeah. I mean, if it's like a lot of people do that because they're like, well, nothing's selling at the higher price. So courses are lower price, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then what they find is they could only get two or three people in their one-on-one -on -one, and now they can only get two or three people in their course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't really matter the price. And I don't think there is any right way to go about it. Like I don't think one-on-one -on -one is the perfect starting point, but the reason it is, is because while well, conversion rates, yeah, you know, vary a little bit, of course, uh, I can't speak <laughs> based on price point, mm -hmm. meaning, um, you're probably going to need more people in front of you to sell one package at a really high price than one package at a really low price. But anyway, um, you need people in front of you to sell a course. Mm -hmm. And and actually, I think the thing to really check is it's not that your one-on-one -on -one has to fill before you're good enough or qualified to do a course or whatever, but can you get people in front of you for something free? Like, can you grow your audience by a couple hundred people? You know, like if I gave you that challenge this week, like, okay, go get, I mean, I even will have my clients like to kind of check, <laughs> check yeah. where they're at. It's like, 
can you go get a hundred people on a webinar this week? If I challenged you to, mm-hmm. and if the answer is no, it's probably not time for a course because you've really got to be able to get people in front of you before you can sell out a course, unless you're okay with a couple people and starting there. But that's my advice and what I look at. I agree. And I think that's a huge piece too. Like you said, is having that, not even traffic, but just that audience who's engaged enough to you know, follow you or to get more people in front of you who you can go in that way. Because yeah, that's a huge thing I noticed for a lot of people is, which again, I think we all have been, (laughs) we all have done at one point (laughs) in our business is like, okay, so I have a couple one-to-ones and like, they're kind of good. Or I have people who are like one-off sessions, but I'm not the income goal that I want. So let's just try a course. And like, let's just do this. It sounds really fun. And for sure it is, but there are more work and I think that's why you love the live model usually the most too because speaking from experience doing for those who've done the kind of like pre-sell method where you sell up your course before you create it for those who are starting out I'd recommend that for literally anyone because to do the whole like evergreen or like start from like pre-recording your stuff is bananas so for those who are on here who've been thinking about that like she said really ask yourself is it something that you want to do right now, but even more so, can you get enough people in front of you in the next weeks, months, or so forth to be able to sell that out and feel confident in selling that out? Exactly. I love that. Okay. So the last piece of this podcast is going to be going over the rapid fire round, which is just really five to six questions on kind of getting your take around the first thing that pops into your mind when I ask these questions. And the last, well, the question before we even start this is, are you ready? <laughs> Mostly. Okay. <laughs> the first question is the favorite book you've ever read or are currently reading? My favorite book ever. The, the book I give so much credit to is Leveraging the Universe by Mike Dooley. Oh. Specifically, listening to it as an mm. audible book. Interesting. Okay. I like that. What is your favorite word or phrase you use daily? oh man I don't know (laughs) um I don't know I I think from someone who's watched your teachings for a bit I think you use the word right a lot or something like that or right makes sense that's what it is makes sense right yeah I know that's so true and I go on spurts too where I will start to say the word amazing a lot Mm. <laughs> and my friends have to be like Taylor not everything is that amazing like calm down <laughs> that's great and yeah I don't think it's it's one of those questions where I like to ask some people have like their first response or some people obviously don't think about it enough so I love asking that question because everyone's just in a different space for even if they know what what words they use the most oh my god I love it <laughs> okay so if you weren't an entrepreneur what would you have been I, my dream job I wanted, I went to college for it and everything. I really wanted to be a TV news anchor, (laughs) believe it or not. I love that. I think that's something people don't talk about enough is, you know, and because in our space, especially for those who do a lot of live, like that is kind of in your innate nature. So I, I love that. Yeah, but think I now I look at it, I'm like, I would have hated that. Like I have yeah, you to like go to bed early, like take days off. That's, that's a very demanding job. I feel like, plus I'm like, I hate having to get ready every day. And that's, I feel like the number one requirement. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to do full hair and makeup every single morning. I know. I thought, I thought that's what I wanted. 
Yeah, again, it's one of those things that you know after the fact usually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is something you're not very good at or working to get better at? Oh, not letting people that aggravate me <laughs> bother me long-term. Like I really want to be at the point where things that really bother me and aggravate me just, it's just like, whatever, not me, not my problem. But I definitely let things get to me, especially when it involves family or people I'm close to. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what are two tools, mindset, or resources you think every entrepreneur needs to make their business or even marketing successful? Ooh, so good. I think sales and marketing wise, mm -hmm. you need to know how to create good content and express what you do and things like that. And I think the other thing is, I want to be more specific than just mindset, but positivity, being able to see the good in things and get out of victim mindset, actually, I, I think is huge. Yeah. Versus everything that's happening to you versus for you. Yes. Yeah. That's a big piece. Okay. Last question, which is my favorite one to ask is what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Oh man. You know, <laughs> the thing I always, always wanted, this is like every time I did a, a wish on a birthday candle as a kid, I always just wished to be happy. Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I wanted to be. I never knew what my dream job was like until I was in high school. But, um, I just always imagined like being in a very loving, kind relationship and having a family and having a lot of time. And I just, that's what I would see. And I would see me happy, him being really nice to me and us having a lot of time for each other and our family and living in a beautiful house. <laughs> I love that so much. That's such a good one to have. And like you said, you don't know what you're going to become or what you're going to do. So it makes sense to kind of think of it more as this dream versus try and get super tangible <laughs> when you're super young. <laughs> yeah. I love that question too. Cause I always, I'm so ambitious too. And it's so mm -hmm. easy to be like next goal, next goal. And I'm so like that. But at the same time, I have a lot of moments with myself where it's like, wait, what really matters, you know? And I'm like, okay, I have that. I love that. Okay. So we've gone over possibly everything I can think of that are like the pillars of Taylor, but I want to go into what are you currently working on and where can people follow you and find you to give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for? Yeah. So, um, Throughout the end of the year, I have two more courses that are going to open up. So whenever this goes out, you'll probably see me launching and talking about one of them, <laughs> which will be perfect. Um, and the way that you can keep in touch with me, if you really liked this, is I have my own podcast now, as I mentioned, um, which is called Fully Free with Taylor Lee. And then I also love sending people over to my Instagram, which is at underscore the Taylor Lee. And I do stories and stuff on there every day that I hope are entertaining. <laughs> I think if you like this, you'll like them. I agree. And for those who are wondering, I'll put all the show notes and links below. So that way everything is there for you. And you can just go kind of insta-stalk Taylor for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, stalk me. <laughs> exactly. Okay. There you guys have it. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and just really allowing for this conversation to unfold around everything. Thank you for having me. It was super fun. Thank you. And everyone will talk to you guys on the next episode. Have a rest of your week, guys. And I'll see you then. Bye, guys.
for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to daniellecleum.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.